Hey everyone, welcome back to my Teach English in China podcast.、Uh, first,、uh, let me apologize for not having updated the、uh, my episode、uh, for almost two weeks.、Um, it was between Chinese New Year and、uh, a flu case. <laughs> apologize for for my voice、uh, as well. Anyway,、uh, congratulations, you.、Uh, If you have come to this episode after listening to the previous four, then it means that you still are interested in this topic and possibly are getting ready for the next step closer to coming to China. So, the logical question to ask yourself now is, what qualifications do I need? So this episode,、um, I will share with you、uh, what academic degrees and English teaching certificates are needed in most places in China. First of all, if you want to work in a public or private K through twelve curricular school or colleges, you will need to have at least a bachelor's degree. Now, actually, a few years ago, it was still possible for people without any degrees、uh, or just a、uh, associate degree to find a teaching job here in China. But now,、uh, the supply of foreign teachers have gone up, and more Chinese students and parents no longer just judge foreign teachers by their faces. So things are becoming more regulated, but I think this is a good thing. As academic studies do end up helping you in your teaching job、uh, in one way or another. Of course, I'm not saying that there are exceptional individuals without any degrees that have great intuitions or self-taught knowledge. But usually, academic achievements can be a quick and fair measurement of one's ability. So for now, there is no requirements in what your degree is in.、Uh, for most places, majority of the places, so it can be it can be the engineering degree、uh, or an art degree or a medical one, whatever. And I think the next step,、uh, some years down the line in China, would be that foreign teachers might need to have a education,、uh, English or linguistics degree. This could be ten years or could be twenty years, depending on which direction the government wants to take and how much demand it is in the actual market. Just uh, recently, Safa.、Uh, S A F E A, short for China's State of Administration of Foreign Expert Affairs, which is responsible for certifying foreign experts to work in the Chinese mainland and organizing overseas training for Chinese technical and managerial professionals, published a policy on their website, which is. www.en.safea.gov.cn. They published this policy on their website,、uh, saying that the evaluation criteria for foreigners employed in China, a trial run、uh, dated、uh, December 
the sixth, two thousand and seventeen, which specifies that quote, teachers of foreign languages generally shall be engaged in teaching of their native languages, and shall have a bachelor's degree or higher degree, and language teaching experience of at least two years. Those who have degrees in the field of education, language, or teaching, or have acquired a qualification certificate of teaching at their own countries, or a recognized international certificate of language teaching, shall be exempt from the restriction on work experience. Unquote. This is a long one, but if you're interested in looking up、uh, for further information, you can go to their website. Again, that is Safa、uh, S A F E A.、Uh, if you do a Google search, it should be easily coming up. Anyway, so、uh, since this is a trial one, it usually means that it will not be implemented nationwide yet. Most likely, it'll start from the mega cities like Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, and Shenzhen. But it's a good indicator of the trend in the near future. So it would be in your best interest to be prepared for this eventuality. Now, in many cities, the government have actually already started to require an English teaching certification, which in this field is usually referred to as a TESOL or TEFL certificate. For those who are not familiar with these terms, they are short for teaching English to speakers of other languages and teaching English as a foreign language. So TESOL or TEFL, these are the most commonly used terms. These certifications are available in most cities in、uh, English-speaking countries. Like for instance, I took mine in the U.S.、Uh, Notre Dame、uh, de Namur University in Belmont in California, which helped me tremendously.、Um, I think. So a shout out to the then program manager,、uh, Professor. And Fathman. Even though this type of certification programs usually include just a few components, they do give you、uh, necessary theoretical background and practical teaching techniques. For instance, the one I took included、um, ESL slash EFL methods and materials, linguistics assessments. Second language acquisition and a teaching practicum. These modules give me a fresh way to look at how human beings learn、uh, a foreign language, what factors affected our learning, and what are some widely accepted good approaches in teaching a foreign language. So it was.、Uh, Back in two thousand and four, that uh, when I first started to uh, try out the te- English teaching in the U.S. and only 
After taking the TESOL certification program um, in 2008, it made me realize that a lot of my previous practices were simply not scientific. Um, I was teaching my students in the same ways that I was taught, uh, which was more grammar-focused. Anyway, my point is that even if you are someone who is quite confident in your own ways to teach uh, a foreign language, if you already had some experience, be humble and take the course. It's required in this case anyway. So in terms of the program lengths, um, that they usually require a hundred or more hours of lecture and practicum. If you choose to take a certification program in China through an agent, um, before you, you begin your official employment, it would be fine too, as you can use this time to familiarize yourself with the environment at the same time. That's to say, um, if spending a month or so in China without any income is not an issue for you. If you choose to take a program in your own country, I mean an English-speaking country, most likely there will be an organization or academic institution that provides it. The cost for this type of program varies from each host organization. You can check more details on their website. To avoid being uh, thought to be advertising for any particular organizations, I'm going not. Uh, I'm not going to give you any particular uh, recommendations here. It's quite easy to find a directory on the internet. So after researching on any particular one, you if you still have any questions about it, uh, you can leave me a message, um, and I'll do my best to give you uh, my most objective opinions based on the information available to us. Now, in terms of the mode of study, Besides conventional classroom-style study, some organizations now offer online study as well. But I would recommend that you take a physical class because it's a good opportunity to meet people who are doing the same thing. And the classroom teaching uh, practicum cannot be replaced by any online teaching, at least at this moment when technology is still not able to give the same kind of experience. Cost for the certification programs vary from country to country and from organization to organization, uh, provider or provider. But it looks like it's generally in the range of fifteen hundred U.S. dollars to three thousand U.S. dollars. It's not cheap, but I say that is definitely worth it both in terms of helping you with getting better paid jobs and with managing your classroom performance. So besides a certification program, uh, another very useful thing to do is to find some actual teaching work, uh, let's say at a community center or some kind of nonprofit organization in your area. This type of work um, by its nature, it's not paid, but it's a great opportunity to try it out before you commit 
to finding a full-time job in China. As a matter of fact, I would actually suggest that you try this before taking a TESOL or TEFL certification program. Can you think of why I'd suggest this? That's right. It can show you the difference between your teaching outcome before learning the professional knowledge and approaches, and after. So this way, you have a much better understanding of what works and what does not. I still remember my own experience、um, about this very clearly. Still, when I was living in the Bay Area, California, I volunteered at a community center teaching English to immigrants、uh, from mainly Mexico and Vietnam. I.、Um, Started、uh, before I took the TESOL certification program,、um, and in my class, I felt that was it was very important to teach the students proper grammars. So I always asked my students to try to use complete sentences when practicing speaking, and I was always constantly correcting their mistakes in in tense and word forms, etc. And one time,、uh, one of my Mexican students who was working at a grocery store got quite frustrated after I asked him to use a full sentence. He said, "No, no need. I say this. It's fine." So of course, at that time, I did not agree、uh, with that student's point of view. And because I thought that's how I learned it,、um, isn't my English pretty good right now? So only while taking one of the ESL EFL teaching methodology classes during the certification program, I realized that my approach was not right, or at least not,、uh, we can say that it's not the best, or it's not good. That was completely a grammar translation approach. And communication was not put as priority at all in in my classes back then, and my students were not there because they were planning to take college academic classes, or at least not just yet. As for immigrants, their goals were just、uh, to be able to get by their daily work、um, at the grocery store, like that one student, or. Or some other、uh, manual labor, and to be able to talk to a police officer if there were emergencies, and to be able to talk to a doctor if they have some illnesses. So at that point, whether or not they misused a gerund or, or used an adverb when they should have used a adjective was not the priority. And I had. Not had the understanding that learning a foreign language was never an isolated event. It's always in some kind of context, and there are many effective filters that are in play on the learner's part. Anyway, I'm starting to use some、uh, second language acquisition jargons here already.、Um, if you're not familiar with them, you can do some reading by yourself,、um, and. If this is something that interests you, I would say that you are the perfect candidate for the job. 
Another great thing about doing some volunteering teaching is to get yourself psychologically ready for working at a as a full-time teacher. And being able to stand in front of a crowd, guide them in learning a new language, and be able to keep the students from playing with their phones is not a natural skill. Yes, some people might be naturally good at uh, one of these three things, but to be able to do all well enough in China, it would require a lot of practices, and reflections, and corrections. So the volunteer teaching at your home country would be a great way to try this out without any long-term commitment. Of course, if you are able to find a place where all or most students are from China, that obviously would be even better, because it would give you a chance to interact with some Chinese people uh, closely, and then you would be able to take in some cultural cues before you get to the world's largest Chinatown. As always, keep in mind not to overgeneralize any cultural traits、uh, from your students. After all, the Chinese immigrants in your country are a unique group, who may not be completely representative of everyone at home. Anyway, this concludes our episode about how to prepare yourself in terms of academic degrees and professional qualifications and practical experiences. Again, leave me a message if you have any questions or comments. And thanks again for listening. And congrats on how far you've made.、Um, in the next episode, I will share with you on how to search for the right jobs. I'll talk to you later.